Amen. New Life family. Isn't it good to get high fives, smiles, hugs? Ah, to be with Daddy's treasure all around us. Amen. It's awesome. Family is everything to our dad. And we got the best daddy. He's into us being together. Would y'all agree? Amen. And that's so good to know that we can have family. Now, I, I just said to uh, someone just a moment ago, I said, they keep coming back for what God's dealing with me and growing me through. And uh, so I'm glad that you're encouraged by the fact that this guy here today is being changed from one glory to the next. And uh, there's a little fussing with it, and I get to be honest and open and transparent to you about that, but I don't want any other journey. I want the journey I'm on. Amen? And I want to be right in the middle of God's perfect will. Perfect will. Perfect will. Amen? There's a good will, there's an acceptable will, and then there's a perfect will. That, that's the way I get it. Amen. I have chosen before the acceptable will before <laughs> and didn't realize that, uh, well, it's the will of God. Well, yeah, but you're making it tougher on yourself. Amen. I'll take the good. I don't know if I want the perfect. Uh, the perfect is right in the center of his plan for you and I to be for him on his behalf, who he really is. And people want to see Jesus. Anybody agree? But he will let me choose his acceptable will. <laughs> Amen. Why me might be getting crushed back into the potter's bag so I can get pliable. He can start working on me again. <laughs> Amen. I want to be, and I know you do, you want to be valuable to his will and his purpose today. This is the day the Lord hath made. And our daddy is so good, he knows what's best for all of us. And he can usher us into fulfillment today, right now, in this very moment. There's a perfect will for God today in this moment. I may have missed it yesterday and several days before, years maybe, but today... He's so into you and I, he can bring us up to his perfect will in the moment. And we can be fulfilled. Amen? Now, we read last week, and I ended on my grandmother's impact on, on people when she went through a test in her own life on behalf of a son that she loved and she prayed for. And God answered her prayer and done what needed to be done in order to oh, glorify his name. And I thought it was all about my Uncle Joe growing up and being a better person. It wasn't about that. It was about Grandma, too, developing and being more impactful, amen, with God's interest in others. Amen? So Jesus tells us in Revelation that those whom I love, I will unmask which is a rebuke, amen, and I will train. And if my, our hearts will open to him, he will come in 
and sit down with us and feast with us. Man, the title of the message today is With God. Now what? With God. Now what? With God, all things are possible. Without him, nothing. He might be involved in a lot of stuff, but it equals nothing at the end of the day. can only be of value with him. It's amazing how his presence ups the value immediately. Isn't that amazing? And so we've been talking about being Amen. Full, operating from full, hosting God's presence, being God's vehicle, his conduit, his channel, his vessel, so that through us, he can receive his glory. And if I'm willing to go there with him, I can sit with him as an overcomer in his throne and enjoy his glory with him. Anybody want to do that? Because you're daddy's kids? Amen. Everybody want to be daddy's kids. Isn't it interesting? All daddy wants is us to be with him. We'll just hang out with him. It's amazing when you just hang out with dad. He's not asking anything else, but will you just be with me? And I, I don't like hearing in my spirit him say, son, you're going to leave me too? Oh, that's not cool. Like... I don't understand you, and I'm tempted right now because I don't, I don't have it figured out. I'm talking about the pushback, y'all. But I've come to realize after 61 years that his words are life. Amen? And they're breath. They're, they're everything to me. Without that, if I don't have him speaking to me and I don't have that unction happening in my spirit... It, I, I just don't have any fulfillment. I can be okay when there's pushback and when there's trouble as long as I can hear Daddy talking and, and him encouraging me to host Daddy. Amen, everything's going to be all right. You like hearing him talk about everything's going to be all right? It's not the way you see it, son. It sure looks rough right now to me. But it's not the way. We don't walk by sight. We walk by and faith only exist in us by way of having an ear that can hear what the Spirit is saying. You can conjure up faith all day long, and it's not, it's not from heaven. It sounds like sorcery there, witchcraft. Yeah, humanism. Oh, there's all kinds of names for it. New age. And, and the list goes on. And out of our own mind, we'll conjure up what we perceive to be good, and then we'll stamp it on, that's God. Anybody ever done that before? The silence says everything. I don't want to think that I've ever done that before because let me, let me encourage you right now. Have you ever been angry about something that wasn't happening right? What's wrong with that picture? I've, I've done that. I've been angry because good wasn't happening. What's wrong with that? Think about that for a moment. Because in our Christian world, we don't realize that we'll entertain spirits that are not of his spirit, all in the name of good doing. 
and it does not depict God-likeness. Okay, so everybody relax. I'm not preaching at nobody here today. I'm talking about the guy in the mirror. Amen. And so a definition of discipleship is simply us being deliberate about identifying with ourselves God's interest in others. That's a disciple. Is that helping anybody right now? I've been the other disciple before when it was more about what I'm interested in and I'm doing this for God and it equals good. And if you don't agree with it, well, you're going to hell. You just don't know what's God and what's not. Don't raise your hand. Amen? But when I deliberately, every waking moment, and stay in the moment with him, I deliberately identify myself with his interest in you, and at the same time, this is so important because I could drop the mic here in this next statement, and we all can just run to the Lord. Help. Hear me. While I, in the moment, deliberately identify myself with his interest in others while at the same time hosting his beatitudes. Being angry and sinning not equals the beatitudes are in place. Hello. And so if there's anxiety in your spirit, and plus, God, I'm following him. I'm, I'm doing everything I know that's right. For Jesus, I'm all in. And, and you're frustrated, anxiety, fear, doubt, worry, 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 worry. Amen. Arrogant, full of pride, unreal. I'm talking about the guy in the mirror. Lust for things in the world. Lust that's messed up. Anybody hearing yet? How can we, in the moment, deliberately identify ourselves with the needs of others? God's interest in others and at the same time host so many spirits. And let, me, let me give you an update name for America, Attitudes. <laughs> Does that help? Oh, man, thank you, Jesus, Pastor. Calm me. But anxiety is dark. Frustration is dark. Fear is dark. Unbelief is dark. Worry is dark. Justified worry in Christianity is out of bounds right now. Well, I'm just being wise. And I can give you a list of things that we justify as wisdom from heaven that has nothing to do with God whatsoever. It's an, a direct rejection of him. And has nothing in it that supports faith whatsoever. Pastor, would you just go ahead and give me some pointers on that? 
I don't have to, but I probably will here in the next few moments. I don't have long. Amen. And so what are we feasting on? If, he, if with God is real in my life, if it's real, I have become opened to him. He's now come in and we're feasting with him. What are we feasting on? Now, y'all, I'm a foodie. I'm a foodie. I've I got a menu that I can come up with. But his menu's much better. Matter of fact, I don't even have to be hungry and I can enjoy good food. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't even have to be hungry. I can be almost right here, and if you put the right thing in front of me, I might try to get it down. Because <laughs> it tastes so good. Well, the Lord has something better than what I can even imagine, and he's asking us to come taste and see that he is good. He is good. And if, if we all agree that he knew what he was talking about when he says, I am the bread that came down from heaven, wow can begin to happen right now, ladies and gentlemen. Because when he's talking about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, he's not talking about something weird from his lens. It's weird from ours. That's why we need a new lens. We need eyes that we can see with. Would you all agree? We need ears that we can hear with. And so he's that breath of fresh air that comes to set us free. Amen, from the thing that holds us captive that we have no clue is not from his kingdom. Amen. I want to be his disciple. And his disciple doesn't host all these other spirits that we justify all in the name of good doing versus God. And his identity. Amen. I want to be like daddy. And so, with God, now what? <laughs> it says here that the devil came to tempt Jesus uh, after 40 days of fasting. And in his temptation, he comes to Jesus because of his flesh. His flesh hungered. And he says, well, if you be the son of God, now keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, until you're born again, we can't be his brother until we experience God in our life on that level of being spirit-filled and spirit-led. As a disciple, ladies and gentlemen, this is what happens. And every one of you have that kind of dynamic. In, it's, it's for you at any moment. It could start today. As a disciple, the gifts of the Spirit operate. As a disciple, the fruit of the Spirit is on display. Would you all agree? As a disciple, we actually host him in the house, and we join with him in the feast that he's having. Amen? And so as a disciple, the gifts of the Spirit 
should have liberty to operate from me. Amen. Most importantly, the fruit of the Spirit should be evident. Right? Long-suffering, kindness, temperance, gentleness. That should be on display all the time. So then how can frustration and the fruit of the Spirit occupy the same house? How can anxiety, anger, and fretting, how, how can that occupy in the same house if he's in the house? I told y'all we could stop and run to Jesus at any moment and say, help. Because we need to know he's in his house. Now, I've heard many people say, man, when I go to that church building, daddy's there. Well, you, you feel his presence, but he's really reaching for every one of us. We feel him because too many of us come. Well, I'm thankful for that, by the way. I'm more, the more they can, marry. But we come with an intent that I need God and I'm open to more of God. This group here, you keep coming back to hear me on weekends. Thank God you're not hearing me. You hear Daddy. But you're coming because you have an open heart for more of him. Well, He's going to meet that dynamic where it comes. When, and if, it come, if, if it's getting more condensed, he's going to come more and more. And so where there's hearts that are reaching for God, he's going to show up. If two or three gather together in my name, I will be there. Now, the, the big challenge is when he's there, is he in his house, though? That's why we know that this building is not the house of God that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He's wanting in his house. And he don't want us being duped by a lie that says, work harder at being a good person. That's a lie. Doing good, God is not asking anyone in this building to go do good. You can't. The enemy's convinced us we can. No, you can't. There's only one good, and that's God. With him, you can. Without him, you can't. But in Christianity, in our world today, we have a definition of good, and most people are wore out trying to be good. They have no energy left. They've given everything they know, and most people that go to church... Only those who are the church, though, are at rest. Only those who are the church are at peace and have this energy and this dynamic, bring it on, let's go. But anybody going to church that's wore out and beat up and just kind of like, like I see the parents right now in our world, they don't want to see the kids on Sundays. Like, God, have mercy. And both parents are working all week long trying to make ends meet. And I, I don't know if I told the group here, but, you know, in the Great Depression, the average income was like $4,700 a year, $4,700 a year. That same amount and the value of it was then, it's $85,000 today. But what actually a family's bringing home in real numbers is fifty-seven based on the Great Depression. So you're, we're in a much worse depression than they were in the Great Depression. 
And we don't even know because there's so many, it looks like everything's fine. It looks like we got all kind of stuff and supplies. And it looks, it looks, it's a deception, ladies and gentlemen. We need Jesus. The family back then was much healthier than the family today. Because we're not spending time together as family. We're not investing in our kids. We're, we're handing them off to the, wherever you hand them off to. There's all kinds of names for that. And they don't even know mom and dad. They don't even know mom and dad. And by the time you go to church, if you're a church goer, you don't want to see them. You want, you want someone else to take care of them because you, you're looking for some kind of answer. I, I, I'm wore out. I ain't got nothing. I need God to do something right now. Did I tell the truth to them? And so the next generation, we're looking at them like they're nuts. They've lost their mind. It's not on them. The accountability and the responsibility was given to us as parents to steward God's heritage, and the enemy suckered us. I didn't, wasn't plan on preaching it like this today, so I had different plans. You know the tree by the fruit it bears. You know the tree by the fruit of, and that tree is rooted and grounded. That tree is feasting from a source that produces good fruit. And Jesus is the one doing this. He's teaching this dynamic. In his economy, in his kingdom, this is who sons and daughters are. By the way, y'all don't know it, but I wrote 35 pages of notes this week. It was all from me. And he's been having me scratch them every time I get up here. And I'm so thankful for his presence. Because I know the guy in the mirror, he keeps making bad decisions that look good. They look like they're good decisions. It looks sound. They look logical. I can assure you that from this lens, I have a plan of action all the time. And I have protocols in place in my own personal life. And he's been showing me how those plans are not his. So to encourage you today, with God, we can get what we need. Without him, we're going to be going to church still, beat up. We're going to be wore out trying to accomplish something that equals good from a, a lens that's been produced by a lie from the enemy. That's the enemy's duty. He does his job well, ladies and gentlemen. He, he, he just, he's good at what he does. And, and Daddy wants you to know that he's got plans for you that are wild. And you, your temple or his temple that you're accountable for, this body, he needs access to it. We were heard that God don't need anything from us. And that's true. But he limits himself to our availability to accomplish his purpose. He's the master planner. 
And he don't make no junk. He knew what he was doing when he put you together. And he needed you to live a life where you were constantly making a choice. Constantly making a choice. You're either choosing life or you're choosing death. And I can tell you from this guy's perspective on me, the guy in the mirror, that I've chose death more times than I can count. But I thought, I sincerely thought it was from heaven. I thought it was God speaking. But you can always tell when it's God speaking because there's always fruit that shows up after he, after he supposedly talked or didn't. Amen? Now, how you can know that God's talking to you, it produces good fruit. When he speaks, it's productive. You're going to choose mercy. You're going to choose to be poor in spirit, which means when God speaks, you have a heart that needs him. If you don't, the first beatitude is they that are poor in spirit, they get, they get the kingdom. But if you don't know your need of God, you, you can't have it. And so God has to allow things to happen in our life to cause us to realize, I need God. And when I get broken to that reality, only then through humility and brokenness and contriteness and this ugly word called submission, can he come in and be our answer, our savior, our deliverer, our protector, our everything. He just, he won't, he can't do that as long as I got it. I got it. Because I'm smart. I found out I was real dumb. I was dumb as rocks. But I could quote a lot of the scripture. That should have counted, right? I got Bible studies lined up. That should get me in, right? I baptize people. I'm definitely in now, right? What qualifies me, amen, is my willingness to surrender to him unmasking me and being broken to his presence training me to be like him. I'm a disciple. I deliberately choose to identify myself with his interest in others. All right, I, I need Daddy to do something for me. I, this will help you. I need Daddy. I need him to do something for me real bad. He said, "I want to do it. I want it. I want it. I want you to have it more than you want it." Amen. Does anybody believe God really wants you to have what you need more than you want it? Well, what's the problem? I don't have His heart. See, I'm sitting next to somebody, or I'm got somebody in my path that He's really in love with, and He's saying, "If you'll take care of my business, I'll take care of yours." He made the deal, and it's an awesome deal. But the enemy's convinced me that he's number one. But if you really look at it from his lens, he ain't number one. I've made all kind of other things number one. First of all, the guy in the mirror. Because he likes to think that he can do something. He, likes, he really wants to be in charge. And he'll let all kinds of thoughts that equal logic come in and settle. And next thing you know, he's walking not by faith, but by logic. Oh, I like to call it wisdom. 
the wisdom of God. Yeah, and you made yourself God. The preacher knows about him. I hope I'm helping you with this guy. Amen. And so this reality has settled in to, to, to me to realize that in order for God to really be God in my life and attend to the needs that he knows I need more than I know, and he wants me to have it, that he put this in order. I'm number one, son, because I, I done gave it all for you. I paid the, your debt off. You didn't deserve to be paid off. You were so unlovable, yet I loved you. I don't know how I did that to myself, but I did it. I fell in love with you. Oh, I'm so glad he did. He said, I gave everything, and all I'm asking in return, if you'll trust me, let me have your heart, and let me sit down with you, and let's feast together. And when, when we feast together, and you feast on my menu, which is the most awesome menu, I'm number one. He won't make you do that, but he'll offer you the opportunity to make him Lord. And when, we, when I truly let him be Lord, then he starts talking to me about you. Well, I want to talk about me, Lord. I got some preferences here. I got some things I need you to do to get straight and everybody in line. No, have you ever done that before? I'm not okay and it's your fault. You ever done that? And you need to straighten up so I can have a better day? He cast that demon out too, that lie. Because there is nobody... They can straighten up good enough for you to have a better day. But the enemy will make you believe that. I'm telling you, I know. As soon as they straighten up, I'm going to be okay. And the Lord's saying, if you want to feast with me, let me show you something. I'm going to straighten you up. I'm number one. She's number two. And I'm going to talk about her. I'm going to talk about her, and I'm going to talk about him, and I'm going to talk about them. And you're blessed to be in my presence right now, son, for me to share what I'm so passionate about in them. <sighs> Do you see it yet, son? I'm catching on. You want to go with me? I think I will. And all of a sudden, all of the things that I need start being taken care of and more. And peace comes, and joy comes. It's unspeakable and full of glory. The half hadn't been told. Waves of God's glory start flowing in because now, with God, the kingdom starts showing up. A true disciple is manifested, which is who? The Son of God. Ah, all of a sudden we find out who our identity is. With God. Now what? So he needs this temple. He needs this temple from, from the sense that he has a plan for you because you're that powerful. And for you to step up to who he says you are and be powerful, he wants his house. So that now we can actually feast with him Become overcomers and sit with him in his throne. This is not futuristic, ladies and gentlemen. This can be for you today, right now. You can step in to his presence, 
receive him, and through you, the fruit of his spirit began to manifest, and the gifts of his spirit begins to operate. And now Jesus is doing what Jesus loves doing. That's why he said it, nose to nose with them that were following. He said, the works you see me do, greater you're going to do because I'm paying your debt off. I'm going to show you what love looks like, and you're going to demonstrate that love. I'm going to show you what mercy looks like, and you're going to demonstrate that mercy. You're going to become who I am. You're going to manifest my attitude. Anybody want to do that? Stand up here last Sunday. Got a few moments left. And I have this, I'm, I'm aware of everything. I'm just standing up there in the conference room, and Sean walks in and looks at me like, what's, what's going on with you? And I'm getting this download. And I see this man that's dirty. He's full of shame. He's blind. He's naked. And in his hands, there's a dollar bill. I'm thinking about what am I seeing right now? Sean's thinking, is he really going to say this? The Lord is. And I'm asking the Lord, what am I looking at? What am I seeing here? All of us has been here before. And that dollar bill in America represents something. Something that most people worship. Yeah. It's what we value. Like the way Shireen said it today, our time, our gifting, our resources, our relationships. But you either serve Jesus or you serve mammon. You either one of the two. Mammon is something that you worship in life. And you won't charge of it. And he's showing me. He said, my church thinks she's clothed. My church thinks she can see. She thinks she's clean. She thinks everything's okay. But my church... And America is wretched and naked and blind. Dirty. And a dollar bill is in the hand. He says the choice she makes with this is key. Anything that you and I value... Maybe it's a relationship. Does God get the first? I don't know because you may look at that relationship as they need to straighten up and do better. Because if you do see them that way, they need to get their act together. You're not seeing what God sees. Because as a disciple, we deliberately, we deliberately identify ourselves with God's interest in the next person. He sees treasure, and he's never negative about anybody. You know how I know that? 
Because if I see what's wrong with you, the Lord says, well, you want to talk about what's wrong with you? Oh. I don't know about that, Daddy. I mean, my sin ain't as great as theirs. Out of your own mouth, you brought condemnation on yourself. Have I ever done that? Because I was trying to be a good person. Anybody trying to be a good person? God wants you to be his person. Amen? And so if I take, if I take the first portion of whatever it is I value and I give it to God, and instead of seeing what's wrong with you, I begin to talk to God about, what do you see about them? Oh, I'm putting God first now. What is it so valid about them that they're in my path, in my life, and you love them so much, Daddy, I'm giving him the first. That belongs to him. don't belong to me. It belongs to him. Now I'm going to give an offering on top of that. I'm going to hang out with him longer and really focus on them now. He got on to the religious group in the Old Testament. He got on to me. He said, you left me. How did we leave you? And my tithe and offerings. Therefore, the devourer has come, and the devourer is devouring you. But if you'll return to me and let me in, and you'll give me the first portion and feast with me, then I'll rebuke. Anybody want the devourer in your life rebuked? Anybody want all the bad stuff going on that shouldn't be going? Now, I'm not talking about us pressing into the king. I'm not talking about just real life, just moving through challenges with Jesus. Because when, when you're with him, you're growing into his identity. But if you want the devourer to lead to where you're not full of anxiety, frustration, hate, guilt, shame, judgment, the list goes on, and your bank account's busted, or your relationships are crumbled, and you can't seem to keep one together, the Lord says, I'll rebuke the devourer if you'll return to me. In other words, bring that temple that belongs to me already, bring it to me, and surrender it. Let me come into my house and sit down with you, and let's start feasting together. Because you're missing the miracle that I've always had for you. And in our Christian world, and I'm not beating up on the Christian world, I'm beating up on the enemy that's tormenting precious people that's trying their best to be as Christ as they can. But they don't have him in the house. Amen. And we're talking about all the little demons that are tormenting them. And, amen. And we're not dealing with the big demon, the devourer, the religious spirit that dominates through manipulation and control. Look, guys, ladies, girls, men, boys, hear me. Conspiracies are real. Where's Pastor going right now? Hear me. Human nature is real. Fallen human nature is to manipulate and control. But Daddy wants me to remind you that 2,000 years ago, he won. He's in control. Well, then why all this stupid stuff going on? Because we won't let him be in charge. 
He said, no, no. If he was in charge, bad fruit wouldn't keep showing up. He's in control whether or not there's bad fruit or good fruit. He's in control. The question is, have I let him take charge of his house? He says the parameters. You know why I'm not worried about governments and rulers? And I'm praying for all of them. God's will be done. Do what you're supposed to do. God raises them up. God brings them down. Did y'all hear that? God raises them up. God brings them down. In the middle of all that, there's stupid stuff going on. Yeah, human nature is to manipulate and control. That's called conspiracy. Have you committed a conspiracy with your relationships lately? Has anybody ever felt like, I need to be in charge? That's a conspiracy. Has anybody felt like, well, they need me in their life because they had me in their life, they'd be okay. And so you start doing things to manipulate them to let you in so you can be in charge of them. You ever done that before? That's a conspiracy. It's human nature. Is that true? Does human nature do that? Does flesh do that? That's not being a disciple. Message title, with God. Now what? Amen. The seven churches of Asia, if you get a chance, do your homework. I'm going to bring it to a close in the next few moments. Every one of them, Jesus unmasked them so he could train them. Every one of them. Yeah, first church. What was the beatitude problem in the first church? She left her first love. <sighs> poor in spirit. She wasn't poor in spirit. She left her first love. She didn't need Jesus. And he called her out. And she was doing all kind of good stuff. I mean, go read it, first church. All kind of wonderful things were going on. I'm about to blow your candle out, though. Because you left your first love. You don't have the beatitude poor in spirit. And he kept unveiling them. He, there was a couple of churches there you'll read that they looked like they did everything right. But then Jesus gives them a warning. I need you to pay attention. I need you to be aware because persecution is coming and potentially you're going to fail. I need you to be aware. Because if you can go through this, and you will if you'll hear me, if you have an ear to hear, pay attention to what I'm saying. If you hear me speaking, you'll press through. And on the other side, a reward that you cannot contain. Is that true, y'all? Those that I love, I unmask. And a disciple, deliberately, deliberately, make sure that they value what he values in others. Now, I thought last weekend when I was talking about grandma, until God showed me, he said, no, you missed it. Okay, what did I miss? He said, I used that because it impacted you, son, and, and it impacted others that heard it. He said, but I had something much bigger than what you were conveying. 
that hospital needed a witness. And that physician there was as sincere as he could be about it. It was over with for her son. But he needed to see Jesus. And he couldn't see Jesus unless someone had a vessel, unless Jesus had a vessel that was available. Are y'all ready to glorify his name? Are you ready? You're going to need the spirit and fire to do what I'm about to challenge you with right now. You're not going to be his disciple without the promise of spirit and fire. It's arrogant for you to think you're going to figure God out and be a good girl or a good boy. You're not going to do it. Let me say one more time. You're not going to do it. But with him, he'll do it through you. I'm not talking about filling God's presence, y'all. I'm not, I'm the fact that, well, I went to church on Sunday and, wow, man, God's presence and, whoo, I can't wait to get back on next Sunday. I'm not talking about that because you don't have him yet. He's just showing you he loves you. And he keeps beckoning and he keeps pulling on you. He keeps knocking on the door, let me in, let me in, let me in. Because when you really get him, he shows up and he shows out. And your personal lens that you look through, that ain't who you are. He gives you a revelation of who you really are. And you can't help it. Out of your belly flow rivers of living water. I'm not talking about just an experience. I'm talking about the kingdom keeps coming when you get filled, of, filled with God and He's coming out of you. It's just everywhere you go, He's pouring out. Fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit operate. God is being glorified. People are being baptized and discipled. We're about our Father's business. We're taking care of the harvest. It's not about our little world no more. And there was a lot of believers there that wasn't manifesting Christ. But there was an old woman after 30 and 40 years of getting downloads and growing in God that the Lord showed her after she prayed for her son. I need you to do something with him. I need you to save him, Dad. I said, I got that. I got that. And then Dad communicates like God did with Abraham Ah, I need to let Abraham know what I'm about to do I got a plan tells mom that boy of yours which belongs to me my heritage I'm going to wake him up but I need you to be focused because it isn't about him it's about a lot more people It's about a lot more of my kids that I need to give a big old hug to. And I need you, daughter, to be my son. I need, come on, look. I, 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 this past week, I, I heard, <laughs> I, I was coming over here, and I just couldn't get out of my mind. Sarah laughed when she heard that she was going to give birth at 90. Some of you ladies, I laugh too. But then God got my attention. He said, my church don't understand that I'm giving her an audience. My church, that includes us all, men, women, boys, and girls. He said, I've given her an audience to hear me talk. Spirit, 
to sonship growing inside her womb. And across the board, the church world is laughing. But there is a cry in the earth for the manifestation of the sons of God. There's a cry. The world's hurting, y'all. The world is hurting for a manifestation of sons. And it's not coming without spirit and fire. It has to be spirit and fire exploding out of the inner heart of his people. And that physician didn't understand she had already had a conversation with the great physician. And the great physician gave her the diagnosis and said, this is what you can expect. And she took the expectation as breath from heaven and didn't let it go. There's some of us here today, we need an expectation we don't have. And only he can give it. Dwayne Lowe can't give you this expectation. But our daddy can give it to us. And some of you need to know when you leave today, he's got it. And I'm all in. And the thing that I've been worshiping, I'm giving it back. I'm giving back his portion. And I'm going to give a sacrificial offering. And that other 80% of whatever he lets you have to, to, to steward, whatever it is, whatever it is you value, you can be a good steward of it. And as you steward that, you know who owns it because you proved who owned it because you returned him the first. And you gave sacrificially afterwards. And he can do with what portion you have left more than you can do with it when you walk with him and you feast with him. Hello. And the enemy has done his job well, hasn't he? Thank you, Jesus. Everybody say, thank you, Jesus. The devil does his job well. Because we would never get hungry enough if he didn't. We wouldn't get to a place where we needed God if he didn't. So we're praying, thank you, Jesus, for the devil. More ways than you can imagine. Because he has to do his job in order for God to be glorified on the level he's wanting to be glorified. Somebody needs to talk to me after service about that. I'll enjoy the conversation. But Daddy's the only one that can reveal that dynamic to you. Something about darkness that makes the light brighter. And when you've been in darkness long enough, you want the light. You want the lights to come on. And Daddy wants to turn the lights on today. Could we stand? Thank you, Father. With God, what you going to do about it? Now what? I can't save you. You can't save me. We can save ourselves from by doing what? Repenting. Not being sorry or apologizing. We're not apologizing. We're not being sorry. We're repenting. We're repenting. We're coming as we are with all the garbage that comes with it. The blindness, the nakedness, the dirtiness, the stinkiness. 
Everything that's been just, and I'm, I'm talking about anxiety, frustration, guilt, shame, all that is what that is. And we're bringing what we have, which is really nothing, to one that has it all. And he wants to make a swap. Well, what a deal. What a deal. And he's all into it. It's like a big deal to him because he loves us. Thank you, Jesus. So what's next? Repent. Go down in the water in his name. Open up your heart. Let him come into his house and let him take over his body, his temple. Every member of that body, especially the most, most unruly one called the tongue. Until you can't shut up talking about how good daddy is. You can't praise him enough. You can't make that body do enough flips and shouting and leaping and clapping. You can't do enough for him. He wants to come in his house on the level that you're, you get over the fact that people's watching. I don't give a flip what people. He's in love with all those people. Right now, God's looking for a temple that can demonstrate his kingdom. And his kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the spirit. Father, I thank you for your presence in this room. I thank you for this word. I know you're doing something that I can't even, in my wildest dream, comprehend. And you're working out miracles in each life right now. <sighs> Revealing lies upon lies that have been entertained in precious people you love. And you've been with them through thick and thin. When they made their bed in hell, you are right there with them. And you would never leave them or forsake them ever. That your love cannot be blocked. Nothing can separate anyone from your love. Thank you, Jesus, for moving into this place right now and helping us be set free from the stigma of how we see this world and how the world sees us. All that matters is you see us. You see us. You see me. You see me. Come and take over, Father. Does anybody want that miracle that you feel it tugging on you right now? You feel it. It's all over. You can receive it where you're standing. You can run up here to the front and receive it. Amen. But whatever you do, whatever impression is upon you, yield to daddy. If he's wanting you to jump up in his lap, find a way to get in his lap. Whatever you sense that he's asking from you right now, yield to his beckoning, drawings, presence right now and receive it. Thank you, Father. Mm. I'll pray for anyone that wants to agree with Daddy that you're valid, valuable, and precious treasure to Him. Thank you, Jesus. If you don't believe that, hang out with me for a while in prayer and you'll believe it here just shortly. God love you. In Jesus' name.